Welcome back to Real Talk with the Pelvic Docs, where we talk all things, all P's of pelvic health, pooping, peeing, pleasure, pain, prolapse, physical activity. My name is Dr. Jocelyn Conley. I'm a pelvic floor physical therapist and founder of the Vagina Doc. And today I have a very exciting episode with Vera Marcinko. Vera is a friend of mine that I had met through social media and we were we had been working together this past year and she has just an amazing story about how she overcame pelvic health symptoms that were related to her first vaginal delivery and she was so willing to share her story with me. Now, the interview is broken down into two separate episodes because it was a little bit longer and I wanted to leave you guys hanging on the edge of your seat after this first episode. So we'll for, you'll get the first part of the interview today. And then in a, a couple weeks, you will get when we publish the second part, you will get the second part. So remember our disclaimer, the information used in this podcast is for information and educational purposes only and is not to be used in lieu of or in substitute of medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. So let's get on with the show. Hi, Vera. Thank you so much for coming on the show this morning. How are you? I'm good. Good, good, good. How are you? I'm doing well. I have today off. I'm going to the spa. Oh, nice. yes. I'm jealous. <laughs> I'm rewarding myself for finishing the pelvic health planner. So I never do anything like this. So I'm excited for the day and I'm excited to chat with you today. So the reason Vera and I met each other in 2019. Yes. I believe it was the fall of 2019 where she had reached out to me for some advice. And at the time we didn't work together a year, a little over a year later, I would say, right. About over a year, over a year. Yeah. You, she had reached back out to me and was like, I'm ready to work with you. So you have a very, everybody's story is the is different, but I think a lot of women, a lot of my listeners can relate to your story. So that's why I wanted to bring you on today. And plus just seeing you come full circle and hearing about your future plans, I think it's super exciting. So tell us about yourself. What's brought, why did you originally reach out to me and decide not to work with me at the time? Oh, this is funny because... Okay, my background, like super quick, um, I was a teacher. I was a high school teacher. I'm really good at reading people in conversations. Like it's, I exactly know what they're thinking and if they're going to say yes or no, the minute I start talking to them. So April of 2019, I'm originally from Guatemala. So I went down to visit my family because my grandpa had cancer and he was dying. So I went to say goodbye, came back. And right about that time, I think it was like a month after that, I went to my yearly checkup. And that's when I um, 
was diagnosed with a prolapse. But the issue here was that I had my son in 2016. And the minute I delivered my son, a few days later, I knew something was off. And I kept telling people like, something doesn't feel right. Like I have all these symptoms. So I had a ton of symptoms that were um, now I know that they were related with a prolapse, but back then all I could get was from them was, you just had a baby. It's normal. You just had a baby. It's normal. So of course I'm a first time mom and I'm like, okay, yeah, maybe that's what it is. So I'm just going to wait three months go by six months go by. And I'm just desperate because I feel like I keep having, um, urinary tract infections. So I'm like, I'm in so much pain. It's uncomfortable I have to go to the bathroom so many times and it just feels irritated it hurts and what I notice is that I start this journey of like I have to be nagging people and being bitchy and demanding in terms of my health for them to actually act on it like other than just telling me like oh you're fine you're fine I already had a bad experience because after I delivered my son and I had a four degree tear which nobody explained to me what it was. I remember being at the hospital and people coming in. Oh, you're the one with the four degree tear. Oh, honey. I had no freaking idea what they were saying. Like, I was like, yeah, sure, I guess. So the doctor didn't explain to me what had happened in my vagina, in my nothing. Like my butt was ripped and I had no idea. And <laughs> So they tell me like, you need to do all these things to go to the bathroom. And when you go to the bathroom, be careful because the stitches and it can open. I'm like, what the heck? But, but you know, you're a first time mom, you're trying to function, you have the baby. So I was in survival mode. Like, that's what I was trying to do. I was like, okay, first thing is my baby and then we'll figure it out. So first time I get bitchy, I'm like, okay, send me somewhere. Like I need to see a, neurolo a urologist or something because I think there's something wrong with my urethra. They send me, she checks on me. She's like, oh, no, there's nothing wrong. No, it's just irritated because of labor, um, delivery and childbirth, whatever. I'm like, okay. So I feel like I'm going nuts because my body is, it's telling me something's off, but I had to put it on hold because nobody is giving me any help. Fast forward. Um, this is right after my son. So three years go by. And then I found out I had the prolapse because I kept telling my doctor, okay, dude, I'm trying to stick a tampon in there. And every time I do that, I put it in and I feel like it goes either like left or right, but it doesn't go straight. And when I put like, I pull that out, it's dry, completely dry from one side and the other side, you know, absorb blood, whatever I'm leaking, like what the, oh, no, no, no. You just have a tilted uterus. It's fine. So that was the first answer. So the, the time, by the time he tells me like, yo, you have a little bit of a prolapse. I'm like, okay, I'm not like trying to make jokes here, but seriously, like the tampon situation, is it because my hole is bigger? Like, it's okay. You can tell me, you know, like, and I'm trying to make jokes so they don't feel like I'm being too bitchy. But I mean, come on, like you guys left placenta inside me when I had my baby. They didn't realize they did that until like two weeks later. So they were lucky I was alive. So I had a bad, already like a bad feeling of working with them. 
So he goes, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have a, bit, a little bit of a prolapse. So and I'm just sitting there, you know, like, whatever. Yeah. What, so what what is that? Um, so basically, you know, that means that your uterus is kind of falling down the vaginal canal. But I mean, that sounds horrible already. Like, you don't even know what that means. And I go, okay, so what's, what do you do to fix it? Like what? Well, the quickest thing is, is hysterectomy. If you're done with babies and I'm like, um, I'm 33 at the time. I'm not, I'm, I'm not even sure if I'm done with babies and they're already suggesting surgery. So I, and then he goes, well, you know, this, the other thing is physical therapy, but with that, you know, it takes time. Most likely people just don't do it. So, I mean, it's the quickest thing. It's no uterus, no prolapse. And I'm like, I'm devastated. I'm heartbroken. I'm being 33, telling somebody telling you like, yeah, you know, no more baby. He's not telling me you can't have babies, but he's like, oh, let's just take it out. I was like, okay. And I don't know if it's a thing here in the United States, but they just see you in like five minutes you have five it's almost like they set the, the the clock and they're like okay okay let's go questions questions and you're like i don't have freaking questions i don't even know what the hell's happening right now so i leave and my first instant is like i'm gonna call the physical therapy place and see if i if i can get more information or set up an appointment they're like you can come in now if you want and i'm like sweet so i go the girl over there actually was the one who answered the questions, who told me what was happening and who actually mentioned for the first time in my life, pelvic floor. I had no idea what that was. I didn't know that that was the reason why things were happening. Um, so she explained about the biofeedback um, treatment and what we were going to do, but they were not specialists. Like they were barely getting in the water in, in terms of pelvic floor issues and all that. Um, I live in a place where very, very religious. So the whole vagina and sexuality and all those things is like down there, you know where it's like, we have freaking vagina. Everybody has a, an extra hole. Like, I don't know why you can't say it. I get frustrated because I go three times to see them and I start having symptoms with my bladder, but it was bad and I'm desperate. And they're like, oh, we don't know, you know, it's it maybe the therapy. So I Google stuff and then I found an, another pelvic floor. Um, what's her name? Janice, you know her. Um, yes, yes. So I reach out and she tells me, mm, that sounds like an overactive bladder. And some of those exercises might not be the best for you if you have that. So this is within a month of him telling me I have a prolapse. And then I found you and I'm like, I start looking into your account and I'm like, okay, I'm going to ask her, but I'm in panic mode at that time. I'm in panic mode. So I reach out to you. We talk, we send a couple of voice, a bunch of voice notes, and then you call me. And I remember clearly, and this is the reason why I didn't work with you back then. I was in panic mode. You're asking me all those questions as a teacher. I can tell that you're like, is she ready to work with me or not? And basically it was, do I have the right mindset? Am I ready to commit and do the work? And I didn't know exactly what that was, but 
I could tell that because you told me like, I don't work with people when they're not ready. And I was like, oh, okay. You didn't tell me I wasn't ready. I knew I wasn't ready because I was answering these questions. And I like the fact that you were so upfront with things and that you explain everything. Okay, Vera, I'm not going to give you like a fast you know, solution. You're not going to go running a marathon in like, no, this is going to take time. So I was like, okay, I'm not ready because I was terrified. I was, I was emotional. I was terrified. And back then I didn't know that there were so many other things, emotionally speaking, that I needed to work on before even getting into working with you. And that was the reason why I didn't work with you back then. So um, I decided, okay, what do I do? I'm going crazy. I want to work out. And I just know that there are things that I can do, but I found a yoga studio here in town. So I was like, I'm going to give it a try. She had issues with her pelvic floor, my teacher, the owner. So one day we're having a conversation. I'm like, yeah. So I got, you know, I went to the, my PT and she's like, oh, for what? And I said, well, this and this happened. And she's like, oh, honey. She was great because she read this book that's called uh, Pelvic Liberation. And it helped me a lot to understand what was happening because my fear was, I don't want to make, I don't want to work out. I don't want to make a move that is going to make it worse. At that point, I was just like, something's falling down there and I don't know how to keep it in, you know? So that helped me a lot. And that was basically how I started like my brain started processing, you know, the fact that there, there was something. I was angry. And the reason why I didn't want to like make that decision of working with, with you, I was just angry. I felt frustrated. I was overwhelmed with all the information that was just downloading, you know, in my brain and just trying to grasp everything. Um, so I was like, no. And about that time, Later, like at the beginning of the summer, I started somewhat of a spiritual healing journey with a friend of mine that does that sort of coaching. I wasn't planning on it, but I work from her, like with her for almost like six months. And so that was right in between our first call and then the second time I reach out to you. <clears throat> really well articulated. Thank you <laughs> for, for the, I'm sure that the listeners are going to be like, well, what were your symptoms? Mm -hmm. Can you just give so, us? So my biggest symptoms first, it was the urgency to go pee. It was okay. I get up in the morning. I go pee. As soon as I've, I'm done, I there was a, this feeling as if there was still urine coming down the urethra, but it wouldn't come out. So it was kind of stuck in between. Um, and it was just all damn day. So I was just like, what the hell? Like, I can't sit and empty my bladder pretty much. I couldn't do it. Um, and of course, <laughs> when I start following you, I'm like, well, what do you know? There are techniques to sit in the freaking toilet and pee because I was doing it all wrong. Like I was always in a rush. Like, oh, my son is like, Ugh. so I would like go to the bathroom. Sometimes I will be like squatting in my own 
bathroom just because I was in a rush, not because of germs or anything and, or sitting the wrong way or like contracting my abdomen and, and all those little, so this is how I start seeing through those six months. I feel that that's one of my symptoms. Then um, getting closer to my period. I mean, it's, I'm obviously bloated, but then I have all sorts of pain and heaviness in, in my pelvic area. And I'm like, what the heck? There were some positions during sex that I was like, you are not going in there. Like, heck no, because I literally, and this might sound like too much information, but whatever. Um, I felt sometimes like when I was having sex, that penis was like, like poking my, my crutch, kind of like the side of, of um, not going straight, but kind of going to a side. Mm-hmm. And it hurt. I was like, what the hell? So there was something there. And of course I was like, do you feel anything like now? Like they don't know. Like, mm-hmm. They just don't know. Yeah. And, and so I start, like my body is sending messages, you know, like signals and the heaviness in my pelvic area when I was on my period was just bad. And I didn't, I had no idea that your cervix actually lowers down during your menstruation. I had no idea. I learned all of these things when I was working with you, but so that plus the prolapse. Um, and then the fact that I couldn't, I knew that I, I lost strength in terms of holding gas or, you know, either, either like, I remember going, um, I signed up for CrossFit and this was like before I knew about the prolapse. So here's Vera all excited about getting all hot and sexy and whatever. And I'm lifting the wrong way. I don't even know what the hell I'm doing with my muscles. I'm just lifting literally like, Oh, lift the fucking weight. Okay. I'll lift it. And I'm trying to do like the super fast jumping the rope thing. And that's the first time that I just feel this gush of urine coming out of me at the gym. I had no idea. And I'm like, oh my gosh, thank goodness that the coach was a friend. And I'm like, and he's like, oh yeah, that happens to moms. It's okay. Like he knew, but I was like, I, what the fuck? Like, really? I was like, this is not normal because it was a gush. And, And then after that, I was like, okay, it's, it's part of being a mother, you know, like that, that big old lie, you know, once you have kids, you, you're going to have the pens for the rest of your life. And then I remember I did it for like three months and there were some things that I was doing and I started having this horrible pain on my back. So it's kind of like part of my neck mm-hmm. and it's not going away. It's not going away. And some days it's too bad and I can't even get out of the bed and then of course I see one of your posts like you're laying on the floor and you're like doing this deep breathing all these exercises for your back and of course magically it worked and I'm like god damn like this girl knows what she's doing and I don't know if it's you know I, I I do believe that once you open up to a possibility or you look for stuff it, it comes to you you know like you have an idea if you're if you're depressed you keep whining, I feel so bad, like shit's gonna hit the fan and all the thoughts are negative. But when you're trying to look for answers and I had you as a resource, 
not that we were working yet, I kept looking into your posts and I was like, this sounds so familiar. Like this sounds so familiar. Another symptom was constipation. I was the best pooper in the world. Like I'm going to say it. I was so proud of it. People were like, did you just poop? Like, yeah, I go in, poop, get out. And it's a healthy poop. And it's like, you know, it was fine. And then I had my son and it's like, what the hell? Like, I can't go. I feel the urge and I am like, it's right there. It's ready. And I go. And as soon as I sit, nothing comes out. And I was always terrified of like sitting too long in the toilet because of hemorrhoids and other stuff. And But so I would like not sit there and be like, I'm going to read a magazine. Like, no, but it was frustrating because it's, it was uncomfortable, you know, and a lot of food that I didn't know was actually harming me more than anything. Um, so with constipation and, and all those things, I was like, I am tired of feeling tired. I mean, if you don't poop, you literally are full of crap inside and you don't feel good. So no. you're tired <laughs> and they're like, okay, yeah. I can't like, I'm tired of feeling tired, but so through the process of having all the symptoms, then I start working with this friend of mine and going through all this deep, it was like guided meditations and like kind of clearing all this other stuff. I wasn't even aware of how connected mind and body were. Honestly, you hear it all the time, mind and body, da, da, da. you don't know until you do the work. And I remember you you made a post and it said something about we have to get through the messy layers of emotion, memories, desires, false beliefs, insecurities before all the other stuff lands. Like when I read that, I was like, okay, okay, this is what's happening right now. Because I remember the, that that summer was intense. I just felt tired of <clears throat> many things I was just like I can't I can't I can't I was just processing a big loss in my life too so all of those things just kind of fell together and and I didn't know where to start picking up pieces you know but then mm -hmm. I started putting the puzzle together so when I read that I was like okay there's a lot of emo emotion linked to that area in your pelvic and your pelvis they tell you when you go to yoga um, if you are into like chakras and all this stuff, like energy, you keep that energy there. And I remember I was in, in one of the yoga classes and we were doing like some warrior, whatever, you know, like it's like a lunch and it's like a deep one. And she said something, she's explaining something, making jokes. And I go down and I'm like, Ugh! and she's like, yeah, like let your emotions go. And she just looked at me and she was oh, honey, you're so young to have all those emotions trapped in there. And, and we, we thought it was funny, but I had a traumatic birth. And before I was a mother, there were so many other things that happened in my childhood that made me keep all that stuff in my pelvic area. I, during pregnancy, I remember people were like, you need to massage the perineal area. No, 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 because I was terrified of tearing. And I kept asking them, what are the things that I can do to avoid it if possible? And they're like, well, you can't avoid it. But I mean, 
you can massage it if you want. I asked them many times, is, do I need to go to a physical therapist just to make sure, you know, no, 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 you don't need to do that. No. So all of these things that I know now that are important to do pre-pregnancy and post-pregnancy, even though I asked, they never said yes. So I look for the perineal massage and I'm just like, okay, I'm going to relax. And I go, I couldn't stick a finger in my vagina. And I kept hearing people, oh, sex was great during pregnancy. Oh my gosh, sex helped so much to get me to deliver my son. And I was like, how the heck do you get something in there? It was because my pelvic floor was overactive back then. And I didn't know that. So had I been to uh, you or someone, they would have helped me a lot because you basically told me during the, your childbirth, you were working against that muscle there and I could feel it. I remember I was like, it's not, you know, and so it, it was frustrating, but those were my symptoms. And, and, and the fact that I had this pain on my back and my, um, my joints on my hips, it was just weakness all the time. Like there were movements that I couldn't do because I will have to sit and just hold my crutch pretty much like, oh, I think I broke something in there. I mean, something happened and I needed, I wanted to start working out. I wanted to do something just for my health. Um, and that's when the, the physical pain started getting too heavy and I couldn't no longer just take a pill and be like, oh, it's fine. You know, I was like, okay, I need to do something now. Like I can't keep going like this. Wow. So your <laughs> recap of your symptoms, urgency, urinary urgency, difficulty, emp emptying, heaviness that was worse during your period, issues with inserting a tampon, which I hear a lot, uh, discomfort during sex and constipation. And, yeah. and then hip tightness. I talk about that a lot. Oh, yeah. So I want to circle back and just say that. So we chatted, you'd been following me and we finally did a, a video call. And I think I, I just have to commend you or just speak on how impressive it is that you, even though you are urgent to get help, you recognize that you, you, it wasn't the time. A lot of times people reach out to me in such urgency and they're like, I'll do anything. And I'm like, look, I hear you, but I, I need you to trust me on this. I know that you say that you'll do anything, but there are things that I know will, tr could potentially set you back or trigger you because it's the timing. Mm -hmm. I won't, I'm not going anywhere, but yeah. I know I could help you, but right now is not the time. And yeah. so the fact that I didn't have to say that to you, that you made that decision is really great. And I think that where, what I want to ask you is how did, how can you advise? I mean, a lot of women can relate to all the things that you said. I hear it over and over again. How would you advise someone that was, was desperate and they wanted help, but they don't know if they're ready or not? How did you know? How can someone else know? Uh, there is, 
And this is where I, this is one of the biggest things I've learned through this journey. Um, as a woman, there are so many expectations on your shoulders. You are going to grow up. You're going to get married. Like you're going to have children. You have to be the wife. You have the, 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 the. When do they tell you? If you don't put yourself as a priority, nothing is going to work. And I try to explain this to my friends sometimes because this kind of opened up a, a lot of space to talk to other women um, because I wanted to like share my experience and it made me realize that other women were going through it and they were terrified of speaking. First of all, it's embarrassing. It is embarrassing. Why? I don't understand, but it's like, oh shit, my vagina is too big or it's stretched out or it's falling apart because I felt broken. So you're like this water pitcher. Everybody else around you is thirsty. If you don't put water first in that thing, you cannot provide water to the rest of the people that you take care of, <clears throat> being that kids or your husband or a business or your work, like you're running on low all the time. So we need to understand that we are the center of our families because we take care of others. We nurture others. We, we are the ones who hold that family um, environment. I don't care if you're a single mom. I don't care if you're married. I don't care if you have one kid, 10 kids. Everybody comes to you. So if you don't put yourself as a priority, then things are never going to work out because you're not giving yourself love. That's basically what I learned. I was not in a place where I was giving myself space to connect with my emotions. I was not in a place where I could take five minutes a day to sit with my shit, literally, if it was a bad day, and just embrace it and just like say, Okay, shit, here, come here. I'll give you a blankie, honey. Let's talk about it. Instead, I was putting it behind. Like, no, 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 no. I, I'm a strong woman. I can do this. Um, <clears throat> we deserve to be okay. And it's okay to not be okay. So if women that are listening can relate to any of the things that happened to me, I know how scary it is you're devastated you i mean this affected my sexual life not because my husband was telling me no or i mean they can't even see what's going in there i felt like i was not good enough anymore like i was broken like that area is the playground is and you know we're doing adjustments we're doing change like why and it was embarrassing in a way to say, oh, I can't do that anymore. Oh, it, it hurts because I felt like I needed to keep that connection with him. How the fuck was I going to keep that connection with him if I didn't have it with myself? It made no sense. So it was scary. And if you guys are listening, I understand. And, and just give yourself that 
that the time you need to get over the fear. That's why I was not ready. Because when you act with fear, you fail. Because you start seeing things where they're not, you know, you like you start making up things in your head and you're just not being, you can't focus on what's real. Like you're, you have fear. So any action that comes out of fear, most likely is not going to be a good one and you're going to fail and that's going to make you feel worse. So just give yourself time to process that fear. But I promise you, I promise you, that if you give yourself a chance to overcome that fear and you give yourself a chance, because here's the thing, hear me out. My body never gave up on me. My body was trying to communicate something's off. I'm a, let's tap on the, on the back and make this hurt. So maybe she'll pay attention. It's like your parents like, Hey, don't touch that. And they're tapping on you and, and you're like, yeah, whatever. When you're a kid, you know, I have a five-year-old and I'm like, Hey, don't do that. Don't do that until he just eats it, you know? And my body was doing those things. So give yourself a chance, give yourself a chance. Your body is amazing. And if you give your body love, compassion, it will respond to it. It will respond to it and it will get better. And it's not like, because one of my fears was to say it. Well, I, I have to learn how to live with prolapse. Yes, you have to learn to live with prolapse. You have to learn to live with kids. You have to learn to live with your husband who's a pain in the ass sometimes. Like it happens. Like you have to do those things. So it's not a bad thing. It's just another thing that you're going to add into your space. But own it like you have a body that is sustaining you so far that is keeping you alive so if you if you focus on that and if you give yourself that chance to love your body i promise you that it will say thank you thank you for doing this for me and things are going to change that's that's why i knew that fear was not going to get me anywhere yeah i mean i say you, like the body, you know this, the body has a, an amazing capacity to heal and adapt. It just has to be in the right environment yeah. with the right support to do so. And when people are, like, I, I don't know instantly whether it's going to be a fit or not. And that's why I do discovery sessions, like people that are negative, that are just burying themselves with, with the fear and negative self-talk. I know that, well, yes, I could still help, but I'm going to be a trigger because they haven't quite like gotten taken the step. Mm -hmm. And I, this is the part I don't really exp explain well. It's just a feeling, but yeah, it's, it's, it's huge in, in allowing yourself to, to feel whatever you're feeling and, and process that and take care of yourself. Yeah. It's, so what ultimately you just, you reached out to me in the fall of 2020. What, how did you know you were ready? So after my almost six months of working with this friend of mine, um, and we, we were digging deep, 
you know, healing a lot of wounds. And I originally started because I thought I needed to process my, the death of my grandfather. Um, and this was a year, like, so I started a year later actually to work with her. So this was not 2019, it was 2020. So that, that summer I started working with her and my brother-in-law, he got married to this girl uh, from Lithuania. So it's funny because I'm from Guatemala, she's from Lithuania. So the, the women in the family are not American. <laughs> so uh, we made really good friends. She's taking some of those classes with me. And we kept saying things like, oh, we should go for a hike. Or, oh, when we get ready for, for skiing season, because whatever. And I was like, yeah, like, I just need to, like, I really need to work out, dude. Like, she's like, well, why don't we do it together? And I'm like, well, you know, I just have some issues with my pelvic floor and I just need to figure it out before I do something stupid. So I'm still, you know, the fear is still kind of holding me back. And I'm like, and she's like, well, why don't you go to a specialist there? And I'm like, I just don't know if I'm going to find one here. Like this is a small town and so still holding me back, still holding me back. And I, um, finally one day we're sitting there and I, she asked me like, Hey, we should sign up for that, 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 something about, I don't, I can't remember what it was. And I was like, yeah, you know, but I just have to. And she was like, oh my gosh, Sarah, you need to make that call. So she grabs her phone. She starts Googling specialists <clears throat> and she hands me the phone. She's like, I found one call. And I'm like sitting like, uh, she's like, make the call. I'll go with you, but you have to, you have to do this. You've been doing this for a whole year, just avoiding, avoiding, avoiding. And it was kind of like a slap on the face. You know, I was like, I'm doing my spiritual work, blah, blah, blah. But I was still, you know, letting fear take over. So I make the call. And um, this is October. And this guy that we found, he comes to the clinic once a month. Because he's so good at what he does that he travels all over the world, helping other people with pro like other women with prolapses. But in a way I'm like, oh, this is great because he helps other people because I love the fact that doctors do that. I used to work with teams of, of physicians back home when they were doing um, medical fields for poor people. But at the same time, I'm like, I don't want him to just come once a month. Like what the, like it gives you like that off feeling. And they said like, this is October. I don't know, 10th. And my appointment was on the 14th. So I was like, oh, okay, let's, let's do that. And then I'm thinking, okay, I, I don't want to go without asking the right questions. What am I going to do? I'm going to go again. And how do I know? Like, I, I know I can just Google something, but I want to talk to someone who knows and can guide me and say, okay, this is what you need to ask. And this is what you need to do. And that's when I'm like, okay, I already make the call that I was avoiding for a whole year. So I might as well to just contact Jocelyn, like what the heck? So I reach out to you and you're like, oh, yeah. Okay. So I remember, okay. So what's happening? And I'm like, oh, da, 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 da. I have my appointment and then, and then I was wondering if you still do like coaching online and you're like, yes, I do. And I think you're ready now. Like I didn't even need to say anything else. You were like, yeah, I know you're ready. And this is 
what you said. Before you go, you have to listen to this podcast with Dr. Sarah St. Louis. You have to. And this is going to help you. And I'm like, okay, I'm doing my homework. I'm listening to the podcast that same night. You asked me actually, and this is something that I really think it's important. When I told you, what do I ask the doctor? And you were like, what do you want to know? You tell me, what do you want to know? And I was like, oh, had you not asked, I would have been like a robot taking note instead of going through a checklist of what I was feeling and what I felt like I needed to ask. So I make a list of the questions. You asked me to send that list to you. So I write down all my questions and then you're like, well, you're good to go. I would ask, you added a couple of things. Like I would ask this, I would ask this, but listen to this podcast. The fact that you wanted me to go informed and educated to my appointment was also another big thing for me to know that you're the right person to work with. I don't want my doctor to be the one who has all the knowledge and me just not like saying, okay, yes, mm -hmm. no, I want to know. I like to be informed. And you were hands-on on that, like, go here, do this, read this. So I go to my appointment and you're so sweet because you sent me a message like, you know, you were waiting, like looking forward to know what happened. Like you were actually reaching out. You didn't have to. You could have just waited for me to reach out to you and tell you like, so this is how it went. And you were actually there and you just sending a little message was giving me support and it felt good. I was like, okay, she's okay. She's waiting. So I talked to you about what he said when I was in my appointment, you know, it's medical language. If I had, I not listened to that podcast, I would have been like, what the fuck? Like, I don't know what they're saying. Was this before or after you did the pelvic floor exam? too um this was after okay and so yeah you're right so here here comes jocelyn and she's like oh well just so you know here are all these videos and um you're gonna have to do a self exam on your pelvic floor and i was like oh sure that meant going in and <laughs> i was like oh okay took me a couple of days and you asked me how did it feel to go, you know, <clears throat> um, and do it. I had sweaty hands. My legs were shaking as if I was gonna jump out of a bridge, you know, that like I could com compare with the feeling of jumping and doing like bungee jumping, which I did once in my life. And I was just, what the hell, why did I do this? But that was the feeling like I'm about to jump and this abyss and then I don't know what's happening. And so there's a mirror involved that you have to put in, the, in between your legs. And she's like, get your lube and go to a place where nobody's going to find you. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, it will be so bad if my husband opens the door and I have a mirror in front of my like what's happening. So I waited and I woke up like super early in the morning. Because I did that. I was able to understand what he was saying. And the, one of the things I mean, once I did it, I remember I was emotional. I was, I was, I started crying. I started crying my eyes out after I went through the, 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 the pelvic floor exam. Um, I was amazed of 
how little we know about that area of our body as women. When the hell do you put your hands in there to, ex to explore it, not to masturbate. Women sometimes don't even do that, but let alone like, I'm going to explore and see what it looks like, how it feels, textures. What happens when I cough? What happens when I, you know, squeeze, let alone I can't, I mean, I can't squeeze that hard because my vagina is loose, but I, it, it, it was just mind blowing. It was like part of my brain woke up like, oh, we're good guys, turn that on. The switch is on, you know, we got this, she did it. And you said something really interesting to me. We have a map of our body. If you close your eyes, you can see your face. If you want to see your face, you can see it. But if you close your eyes, can you see your vagina and your pelvic floor? You have no idea. It's like, oh, there's a hole and there's all dark. Now, there's nothing. It's a hole. When you touch and you go in and then you explore and do the entire exam, really your brain starts wiring that and 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 kind of like drawing that map in in your in your head and it's a game changer it's a game changer because you know what to expect you know you understand now how the muscle should be responding and if it doesn't do it then you know what's wrong and what needs to what be addressed in a way so by the time i got to the doctor and i tell him, you know, this and this happened, da, da, da. He starts examining me and he starts, you know, telling the nurse to take notes. By the way, he was not happy with the way they treated me at the hospital. He was not happy with the fact that the first option was a hysterectomy. He was like, that is so old school. That is, I don't even touch the uterus. Un unless it's extremely necessary you're so young I mean he he gave me reassurance and he told me I'm trying to give you reassurance yes it sucked it was bad um, but when he was going through it I I remember commenting and saying things to him and he was like this is not common like that I have a patient that is so informed and you've been doing your homework and I was like well I found this girl you know I found this physical therapist and she's been helping me and he was like well I'm glad you did he didn't even recommend me to go somewhere else because of how much I knew because of you <laughs> so that was that was that so uh, yeah <laughs> so basically what I made her, what I made Vera do is I made her do her, like she said, her own self pelvic floor exam. And what she said is, is exactly right. Like if you close your eyes and you don't know what's down there, you don't see anything. So what that means is your brain is literally you, it, it's based on whatever perceptions or false beliefs that you've been fed. Yes. So the whole process that, and this is why I have such a problem with people jumping to dilators, wands, those pelvic floor trainers before doing their own exam, it's, you're still bypassing. Yes, it's scary to put your finger in your vagina, be, but why? It's because of culture and these false beliefs. Yeah. They're like, 
doing that, you have access to the pelvic floor, the deep part of the deep core. The reason why it needs to be your finger is because you, and you need a mirror is you get visual, visual feedback, tactile from the sensation. And then you start to do things as I coach you through it. So you get the, the, it's called proprioceptive information. So that feeds to your brain. And now you could start changing the narrative, but you're slave to whatever you've been feeding your brain. Yes. So Vera, you were like, you leaned in and you just did everything. And it was just so awesome to hear your experience because I mean, it's, it's hard. It's, it's so emotional. It's, it's challenging. It's technical information. Yes. And the, the funny thing is you know more about the pelvic floor than most healthcare providers. Yeah. Okay. This is, this is one of those things that I'm like, this needs to change. And I still don't know how is that going to happen? But I'm, I'm amazed with the fact that this, these, these guys, I mean, not just guys, but women too, like they see women all the time. They deliver babies and they, this is the thing that happens. It's so common, like prolapse, pelvic floor issues. How come do they not know? How come do they know so little? To me, that is ridiculous. I, I understand. Yes, I'm not a doctor. I'm not trying to say that I know more than them. But it is ridiculous that it took me three years of a lot of shit to actually get angry and, and go because I went, okay, this is something I miss telling you guys, which is, it blows my mind. But when I got diagnosed and then I was trying to figure out all this stuff, I decided that I was going to go back and talk to him because I was mad that he was not the one giving me the answers. So I decided to go back with all this crap and all this notes and all those things. And I'm like, I just want to know why, even though I complained so much for three years, you guys never mentioned anything about my pelvic floor. You never once said maybe physical therapy. Why? And all right, like, guys. That was part one of today's episode. Be sure to subscribe so that you are notified next week when part two drops. Thank you so much for listening. If you are enjoying today's episode or any other episodes, please rate, review, and subscribe to our episode or our podcast on any major podcast platform so that you are notified every time a new episode's out and that other people can find this podcast.